and gentlemen, welcome to episode 225 of the 1099. As always, I am your host, Joseph Noop, and hey, I'm glad you're here with us. And I know I always say I'm glad to have my guest of the week with me, but it's been a really good last couple weeks, and it's going to be a great couple of future episodes too, largely because I get to talk to people who worked at a place very dear to my career and my heart. Of course, I'm talking about Game Informer, and I am so happy to have the one and only Ben Hansen fresh into his new adventure at MinMax, that's two N's, thank you very much, uh, which also recently hit number one on the iTunes Gaming Podcast not that long ago. Uh, Hansen. Man, how are you? Oh, really good. Thanks for the setup there, man. You got the two ends in there and everything. I have nothing left to say if you already took the two ends plug. There you go, man. I, I do my research. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the name of the Patreon. Oh, <laughs> I, I what was it? It was also in the intro video too, and like a couple of subsequent things of like it's two ends, it's two ends. Yeah, it's two ends. it is I'm fun like, how the community has really run with it because right now we're in that fun phase of a new community with the Patreon and MinMax, and so everybody trying to spitball what the community should call itself, and it's all over the place like Maximillions, which I'm not that crazy about. MinMaxers, meh. Somebody came up with like tuners as in two enters and it's like okay are we overthinking uh, this like i'm still waiting for yeah. that conclusion uh the best i've seen is minxes which is very fun to say <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love saying minx it's a great word i mean it also just makes you feel really attractive i'm a yes. minx yeah, exactly you, know, like, you get yeah, to be sexy yeah. and like from the 30s it's got everything exactly <laughs> It is it is so good to talk to you, man. And uh, you know, I, I I gave you the, the list of questions we were going to go over um, beforehand. So probably the the uh, novelty of this anecdote might have worn off a little bit. But do you remember uh, what you said to me when I was on the phone with you and Tim Turry before my internship started? I don't. I it just to just to poke holes in us immediately. I was on the phone. Really? That seems odd. I can't remember if it was the like initial like, hey, let's do a, a phone interview kind of thing, or if it was the like, congratulations, we want to uh, actually bring you in to the office and you know be our winter intern thing. Okay. Uh, but I do remember, I think it was you and Tim, or maybe you and Ben, maybe. Uh, sure. Uh, and I was giddy and practically you know rocketing out of my seat i think i was probably standing up for that entire phone call and i was <laughs> I, I said something along the lines of like well yeah i know you guys only have like a two or three day work requirement you know for the internship but like can i just show up every day <laughs> and uh you said man you've got it don't worry about it you've got to go home sometime <laughs> and <laughs> i've i've tried to live by those words ever since as a freelancer oh God. so how's yeah. that going do you ever go home uh, as we were as we were discussing earlier, I've I've made strides, uh, including an editor here for the 1099 to uh, to take some of that load off of me. And thankfully, I've I, I haven't completely like crashed and burned yet. But uh, nice, uh, it is it is it is certainly I'm in a position where I can work uh, enough that this is my job. This is I'm not working at like Barnes and Noble as a retail gig or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, man, I uh, I, I always think back on like you know the the people who work at game informer i don't know if it's that like midwest magic uh that like almost canadian kind of sarcastic humor <laughs> um there's something in the air at game informer and the people who come from there are some of my favorite people whether it's in this industry or otherwise uh counting you among them for sure uh, very sweet today i really wanted to talk a little bit about just set the stage with uh, of course, uh, on everyone's mind, 
is the Game Informer layoffs, uh, but also talking a lot about the future and what MinMax as a channel means for you, for uh, Kyle Hilliard, Serial Vasquez, Jeff Marquiafava, and uh, perhaps some of the more like talk shop kind of business decisions you, you had to make uh, after almost a decade at Game Informer. So I guess let's just start simple. Yeah, set the sure. stage. Uh, enough has been said about the Game Informer layoffs, uh, but where where was your head at as uh, a lot of the news started to come down on you guys? Let's see. Probably technically in my hands with tears in my eyes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was an insane day. You say enough has been said, uh, and I get it. I think that's a, a weird timing thing too. Is that was August towards the mm. end of August, August twentieth, I think. Gamescom. And yeah. Yeah, and things just move so fast on the internet. So it feels like a lifetime ago for me in some ways. I don't know how, you know, it was probably a tweet or a news story that somebody saw real quick and then they forget about it. But that was a big concern for launching MinMax. Is like, okay, well, it's launching about two months after that happens. Are people still going to understand why this is necessary um, in some ways? And so, but anyways, going back to the actual day. Um, yeah, it was a it was obviously a really tough day. It was surreal and it feels so superficial, but <laughs> you know I'm a dork and I guess I'm proud of it. And so I really just kept thinking about the stupid Avengers and the Thanos snap because that is honestly how it felt about mm. like, wait, who's gone? Wait, that makes no sense. That person's supposed to carry a franchise. You can't take out Spider-Man, you know? That's like one of the most important heroes we got. Wait, who else? And so it was going through Slack and seeing who you couldn't send DMs to anymore oh, is how you're that. realizing which one of your friends was gone and like, you know, devastating. And you thought you had a handle on it. You didn't know how far it was spreading. Um, and then it was a little bit later than everybody else. When I found out that Jeff Marquiafava, uh, I couldn't send a DM to him. That was like, Oh, just the final kick in the gut. That's the one that cracked my soul of just like Fava, of all people, this guy mm-hmm. that's been here for 10 years. Like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Um, and so, yeah, devastated. Um, pretty angry just about how everything went down. Um, and then it pretty quickly transitioned to just, um, you know, a wise man once told me, uh, and this is not in relation to, you know, any bosses or anybody left a game reform or anything like that, but uh, a wise man, I think named Tim Turry, once said, you know... Aww. You should never work for assholes. Uh, and it got to the point of like, well, that seems to be exactly what I'm doing. I could stay and I could work my ass off uh, to try and make up for losing 40% of the staff. But then what do you get out of it? You, you support GameStop mm-hmm. a little bit more. You put a little more money in their pockets. And it's like, you know what? The way they treated us in that way, it's like, fuck them. I, I'm out. Um, but the twist obviously there was that uh, I was just about to go on a trip to Game Freak for the Pokemon cover story trip. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, you, it's not the Pokemon company's fault, you know. Uh, and so sticking around for that trip, those trips are always lined up so much in advance that everything was on a weird delay. So it wasn't until we wrapped up the Pokemon month of coverage, which feels like it was a lifetime down the road, that it was finally like, okay, shooting the flare up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and head on out of here. But, um, you know, Andy McNamara, the editor-in-chief, uh, I, I try to try to pay attention to these wise words, you know, where like when everything went down, he said, you know, um, I think what's important is that everybody can choose their own path here. Like there's no 100% correct answer, but if people choose to stay, we need to do everything we can to support them. 
and if people choose to go and do their own thing we need to do everything we can do to support them you know just kind of emphasizing that family unit idea and so mm. you know he's been very supportive everybody there has been incredibly supportive of min max as a patreon and whatnot um and then you know to to be fair i i absolutely wish them the best and i went back for extra life not too long ago for for game informer as well so still trying to support those people because they're still they need some love uh they're working hard and they're and they're mm-hmm. doing the best they can in in a not ideal situation obviously nothing nothing like trying to maintain pace with uh half capacity there exactly and you know it, i'm sure uh, of course uh andy uh i'm sure jokes about it in some of the the, the podcast episodes the that he's been hosting but uh, I'm sure on one side he's like, okay, oh gosh, I've got to keep running this ship uh, as well as I can. But also it is good to hear that, you know, he's not just a boss. He's he's the guy who really guides everybody in their overall mission. And uh, even, even as an intern, of course, you know, uh, me, Marcus, and Parker during w- winter 2015 appreciated that, you know, he made some time at least to come down to the little intern room and, and <laughs> the, chat the with the, the palatial the, intern room. The, yes. The, uh, the decorated with the lost souls of uh, guitar hero controllers, but uh, <laughs> uh, he would come down, you know, and he would chat with us and just catch up with us and make sure that everything was cool. Ask us, ask us honest questions. And that's, that's all you can ask for in a situation as, as terrible as a layoff, I suppose is uh earnest honesty and a willingness to say like hey uh i i i'm sad to see you go but i'm glad to help you get the right steps out of the door you know kind of thing yeah um and yeah the it and it's not even necessarily a uh, a new thing right uh the idea of uh leaving a larger company and forming your own sort of you know patreon model kind of outlet uh of course the the quintessential games media version of that is kind of funny and they've built their small empire uh but the the i'm looking forward to the ben hansen empire as well don't worry oh god the uh the decision to strike out on your own and make min max uh you say it's a place about games friends and getting better what what does getting better mean to you Mm. oh boy that's a big one i think um I think it kind of gets wrapped up. I, I don't know. With a with a move like this, you just end up taking a lot of notes in your phone. Like I have, and also just Google Docs. I, it'd be fun to share all these <laughs> Google Docs because, you know, for for months then after the layoffs until I left, it was just taking scattershot notes of like, what do I want to do? Uh, it's very fun to like try and nail down messaging. Like, okay, how many points can I boil down to this reveal video? How do I do it? Um, what's the strategy for sustaining this thing? And then, you know, a lot of the notes just kind of kind of started to form together and lump together. And I realized like, oh, I think getting better in general is just a good umbrella theme, which it sounds very cheesy. But, you know, you just think about, you know, in, in those moments, you know, where people are let go and it's kind of the end of an era. You think about like, well, what really mattered that we were doing here? Uh, and it turns out like the podcast really came through in a big way. And, you know, everyone's favorite moments a lot of them were coming from from video content, fun ki- video content, heartfelt video content, overall just work that people are proud of. You know, like JV wrote some amazing virtual lives. Elise has done fantastic work. And so mm-hmm. those specific things that pop out tend to be a little bit more personal and a little more real. And so that just kind of boiled into this larger theme of, you know what? Yeah, if, if I'm going to start my own thing, I'd like to have uh, an all-encompassing umbrella just about 
self-improvement and hopefully not in a in a hokey way but it just kind of reinforced that idea of like you know everything you've wanted to do like the time is now i'm sick of having all of these notes in my phone going back for years and years of little things that i wanted to do little side projects like let's just do it now because it's weird how much layoffs feel a little bit like a small death you know of just realizing like yeah nothing's lasting forever uh mm-hmm. we need to we need to make some hey while the sun is shining and uh you know having an umbrella for a patreon of games friends and getting better hopefully we can make some really interesting stuff that helps kind of rally the community together to also just uh, you know make themselves better i think I, I i really look at the words getting better uh as something to maybe mean like with game informer uh, of course it's it's long been regarded as a really um direct way to get uh, just game reviews, previews, the kind of meat and potatoes of games media coverage for a long time. But yeah, it was people like JV, Elise, um, uh, Kim, and uh, you guys on video team making different meaningful stuff with your own personal uh, uh, touch on it that helped, of course, it set itself apart from the you know the explosion of YouTube stuff, the uh, the growth of other game sites. And in on the other hand, too, I suppose getting better to me, like having I've now worked in games media, uh, I guess like four years now, I, I I realized that like, like you joke, that's barely a blip in the eyes of Andy or Andrew Reiner. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but for sure. I, uh, I look at places like IGN or Game Informer. And it's funny how only in the last year or so I've really started to look at well what how am I being treated as a person at this or that publication um are people asking me like just how my day is or like you know Hmm. uh catching up with me like while we're you know at the beginning or tail end of a business meeting and that goes so much further than a lot of the more you know content mill sites out there who are really just interested in like, hey, you don't have to do a great job. You just have to put it out there and we have to get a bare minimum number of clicks. So I suppose getting better uh, could also mean that you, Hilliard, Market Fava, Vasquez, uh, you guys all get a chance to, um, I don't know, perhaps keep a, a, a slice of that family uh, that Game Inform provided without the overhanging GameStop umbrella. Am I am I like completely off the mark there? What do you think? No, yeah, I think I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think I think that's touching on it. I mean, the form that quote unquote getting better will probably take is first of all, people have started writing into the Midmax show podcast um, with, hey, this is a question about quote getting better. Like multiple people have done that separately. So it's like, ooh, I'm glad that that's catching on in a small hmm. way. Um, but I think it could take the form of, you know, a video series about you know, not to tell his story, but Cyril Vasquez has lost uh, well, over 100 pounds. Just yeah. an amazing change in his life. And he talked a little bit about it and the process on the latest episode of the Mid-Max Show podcast. Um, and so it could take the form of there or or just having a podcast where, you know, we have a mission every week. Just a little self-improvement mission about like, hey, call an old friend. Uh, do this, do this. You know, there's a thousand little shows I uh, think that I think could fit into that. But I like your idea, too, about just instead of it being directly related to content, just an overall philosophy about, you know, the creation of content within MinMax, which 
right now is just my uh, ice box of a basement. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not exactly going to an office every day with, with Kyle and, and Surreal and Jeff. They just swing by a couple days a week to, to record some fun stuff. All the uh, all the best shows and punk bands start in basements. Uh, Hell yeah, man. <laughs> uh, you know, and I appreciate that you are uh, very willing to talk about some of the nitty gritty details of all this, because I think it's not so much about, you know, getting the spilling the tea on a situation as it is. Uh, were, of course, one of the more prolific uh, media situations. I talked about this a little bit with JV was Deadspin. And uh, we rec- I, me and JV recorded that conversation, I think, like just after the first walkout of Deadspin employees. And then yeah. shortly before, possibly even before the episode actually went up, I think like the rest of Deadspin was out the door. And uh, of course, Deadspin's uh, whole situation was you have uh, wealthy owners or like a conglomerate of ownership that uh, Deadspin or, you know, GameStop with Game Informer, it's it's one part of a larger portfolio. And there's a, a uh, uh, kind of disconnected feel you get from your corporate owners, of course. And so in the intro video from MinMax, you say corporations can fall apart, but communities don't have to. Uh, You built up the Game Informer video team into something really beautiful. And now you have to do, uh, now you have to do that with Patreon funding rather than whatever advertisers or GameStop were giving you. Um, Mm -hmm. Aside from the obvious point about GameStop needing to lay off half of Game Informer, well, needing is a, a tenuous word there was there was there other support that the team needed but didn't get uh because of the nature of their relationship with their owners honestly no i mean other than hey we could use uh more video people that seems like a very basic one but even i think you i think you remember what it's like at game informer and even throughout this conversation it's like i feel like i need to stress now that i'm outside of those hollowed halls just that idea that Yes, GameStop owns Game Informer, but holy cow, are they separate? They have felt yeah. so separate up until the layoffs, you know, yeah. and, and it's not now that the wall has broken down and GameStop goons are, are running through the halls of Game Informer. Like it's still, <laughs> as far as I know it, when I left it, it was still really separate. It's just there was one blast of seeing the face of Sauron. It's like, oh my God. And it was terrifying, <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, it wasn't a matter of, I, that's one of the beautiful things about Andy McNamara as editor-in-chief is he was an, an amazing barrier between all editorial and whatever GameStop was doing. It was just was never a factor there, which is a godsend and I think incredibly rare in the industry. Um, and so in terms of ways that we wanted to be supported that we weren't there, I, I honestly, other than just, you know, staff in general, I mean, we had a lot of freedom at Game Informer and it's something that I'm incredibly thankful for is I went on... I counted it up before I did that pitch video and it was like 80 cover story trips uh, with mm-hmm. Game Informer and more travel outside of that and visiting studios. 55 in a row, I remember you saying, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I think you said you did like 55 in a row. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot that number, that's fun. Um, yeah, but just with those trips in particular, there was just such an unbelievable amount of freedom. It was it was a complete dream come true to literally get to travel the world talking about my favorite medium and just having these opportunities of like, hey, uh, you're going to interview Miyamoto tomorrow. Um, Especially, you know, okay, we can do a rapid fire interview with Miyamoto, come up with questions, and then just sitting in a hotel room without anybody telling you what to write and what to do and how to edit it and how to put it up. 
and then to go through that process and then put it online without anybody approving it and then the internet loving something. So there's few things in life that feel better than that. Um, and so I, I'm endlessly thankful for, you know, the freedom that I had at Game Informer. You know, perhaps that's why Game Informer was able to uh, survive past a lot of its competitors, especially in the magazine space, right, is um, GameStop for all of its problems. Yeah, even when I was there in late 2015, uh, wasn't really a factor that we thought of. We weren't thinking like, well, how will this move in a GameStop store? We weren't thinking about uh you know how will this affect GameStop's uh bottom line it was just about right. hey here's a great cover story here's a lot of supplementary cool things around it um we got to get it out the door because that's what uh keeps people coming back and and such and such but yeah i, I always think back to like uh you know we put Fortnite on the cover yeah <laughs> uh, 2014 and like that was a free-to-play game at the time you know if there's ever a time for a GameStop to crack down it would have been there and it's like hey cool move i i didn't hear a peep you know yeah no the <laughs> fortnite you know almost single-handedly responsible for cha for helping change uh, a lot of the the monetization model of of games and uh kind of taking kids out of stores and into digital storefronts yeah no that that makes a lot of sense uh you know with um i suppose what are you talking broader uh, JV and I also talked a little bit about just the current nature of, of broader media. And of course, uh, uh, Geo also owns uh, Kotaku, um, you know, a, a great games media site. And for a little while there, everyone's kind of like, oh, shit, is something going to happen to Kotaku as a result of all these mix ups here. Yeah. Uh, but broader, do you think do you think we need a new model of how we fund games media sites uh do, does something need to change in how we approach building a, a new site or or uh, changing how these companies uh go about making their their money off of games media man it's so tricky and everything is such a case-by-case -case basis you know that it's tough to come up with a new a new statement for everything but you know in general i'm just amazed uh, with each passing year i'm amazed and especially in this last year with just how stupid corporations can be, comma, how smart communities can be. You know, it's just like people get it. People that are fans of podcasts or, you know, YouTube channels or personalities, if you get that person, the odds are you truly get them. Like, you know, our community, we didn't need to hit everybody over the head with, you know, we want to get away from GameStop. You know, there was this subtle message of corporations can fall apart in that pitch video, in the extended version of that pitch video, not in the Twitter version because it couldn't fit. But uh, still, like, everybody got it. Everybody knows exactly the lay of the land, and they're just on board. And so seeing just the intelligence and just, like, compassion of the community has been stunning. And, and it's amazing to go from Game Informer being the produ video producer there for nine years to then making content for my house and it's just so satisfying and liberating to be like oh i'm still using all the same muscle memory all the instincts except now i can be more transparent with the community more consistent you know have more clarity on what the messaging is of what we're doing and stuff and so it just and also i should point out everybody from the industry the game industry has been so kind to MinMax so far with the announcement i mean everybody i could possibly dream of helping to share it 
helped share that tweet and got the message out there. And I will forever be grateful to everybody who retweeted that original message because that's all we had and the word got out there. Um, and so it's just been incredible and it's made me just second guess like what, why, why have these giant companies to begin with? Because not only have people have been really great, but I mean, contacting PR people about like, hey, we're doing this stuff on our own now. Uh, hopefully we can stay in touch, maybe line up some cool things in the future. PR has been great. Just everybody at every level has been so supportive of going fully independent. It just makes me question, I don't know what the future looks like for a lot of big websites out there. You know, obviously, Game Informer had a great, really involved community. Um, you, you don't get people who will pay you real American dollars to wear silly hats for uh, children's <laughs> hospital charities without some real work put in there into making them feel like a family. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, but now with MinMax, you have a, I don't know, a somewhat or very more involved responsibility for them and how they feel. Uh, how do you tackle this as your own boss? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think a big part of it is the Discord. Because if you back the Patreon at any level, you get access to the Discord. Mm -hmm. And that has a couple effects. Like one of them is it makes it just Shangri-La compared to the rest of the internet. Like all the comments in there are so sweet. Uh, you know, you feel a little bit, I don't know, maybe it'll just uh, completely skew my perspective on the world. But like even just outside of that, I should say, just, you know, the YouTube comments for all of our videos have been so sweet and so positive. I think it's just when you go from the wide blast of a Game Informer cover story of like, we're telling you new info on Pokemon, like the amount of comments that you get and the amount of vile <laughs> hatred that you get for trying to talk about Pokemon compared to just like the smartest of the smartest, the sweetest of the sweetest aspect of that community, which seems like is the min-max community um, in some ways. It's just, it's amazing. Um, but the crazy thing, as I was going to say, is setting up the Discord is... I had dabbled a little bit with Discord, but I honestly was not even a member in a real way for any Discord communities up until we found it MinMax. And so trying to set up that Discord channel and quickly realize like, oh, we need some moderators to help out here. And so uh, almost randomly chose uh, Lauren, uh, Roland, and Vaughn from Discord to help with moderation. They've just done an amazing job. But the bizarre part is as you're listening to everybody's feedback and trying to figure out what the channels should be, how we represent the different you know tiers on Patreon within the Discord so that it doesn't offend anybody by having you know dollar amounts that just makes it a little bit too clinical and mm -hmm. you know it's like a weird cast system in a way, right? Um, <laughs> and so in trying to work through this and make sure that everyone's feeling good, no one's feelings are hurt, that we're going to be productive, that we're being friendly, just realize like guys, it's also a lot of talking with. You know, uh, the other co-hosts over at MinMax talking to Suriel and Kyle and Jeff, I'm just about like, what do you guys think about this? Can we do it this way? What if this show is structured like this? Do you think that would upset anybody? Does this seem like a good value? How much time do we have for this? I just had this weird epiphany where it's like, I feel like one of the founding fathers. It feels like it's a government <laughs> and you're just trying to spitball the structure for this thing in a way to please the most amount of people, right? And it's a bizarre feeling, but it's really fun if you're a systems heavy person you know if you love tinkering i'm just trying to figure out okay what's the healthiest most positive way to structure this society 
I, I just imagine Ben Hansen in a in a white hairdo uh, rowing across the the Delaware River, you know, in the middle of, of winter for uh, an attack against the Redcoats. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And by the Redcoats, you mean people angry about the Pokedex or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I trust me. I work at IGN. I know all about Pokedex anger. Uh, oh my gosh! It is re- honestly. There's a lot of wonderful people in every game community, but it's stunning doing those Game Informer cover stories because you're just jumping from community to community every month and getting a different taste for it. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Destiny community? Surprisingly nice and surprisingly sharp. And then it's like, oh, this community? Uh, you know, a certain Halo community by chance. I remember that one just being like, oh, what is this? Like, <laughs> this is a different flavor and I don't like it. Um, so, you know, it takes all kinds. I imagine that having a Discord also has to kind of feel like having one large community-wide Slack channel, right? Yeah. Um, Where, like you said, yeah, you're able to uh, talk to people in almost real time uh, what their thoughts are on, like, well, hey, the format of this should change, or uh, Mm -hmm. here's here's an interesting area you guys didn't consider, something like that. That's it's it's a lot of uh, oh, what's the word I'm thinking for? Not like groupthink, but like just kind of calling from the the hive mind. Hive mind, yes, uh, yes, absolutely. But I think there's a balance there that's been really interesting. Where, you know, like I mentioned, I have Google Docs filled with Google Docs filled with Google Docs with just ideas and content that I want to make and structures for things. Um, and I think that's important. I, I, I'm maybe projecting a little bit here, but I think it would be a weird message for the community if we started this whole thing and then got in the discord channel and was like, Hey, what do you guys want us to do? Like I'm wide open to that. And they Mm -hmm. absolutely are going to steer a lot of the future content. But at the same time, it's like, there's something nice about like, we have a roadmap. We have a plan that we're super excited about. I'm going to get us to the top of that hill and it's going to be sweet, <laughs> but please help us get up that hill. Choose the path to get to that hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice balancing act. The there there's hindsight, which is always 2020. And then there's a large crowd of people, which is always uh, never wrong. Uh, For sure. So. Even just on simple things. It's such a relief, you know, where, on the episode zero of our podcast, we kind of walk through what we had in mind for the roadmap. And it's like, oh, we're going to do a stream every Monday that's kind of just like a community Q&A just for a very specific discussion on what's coming up that week, what we're working on, answering specific feedback about Patreon, questions about why the tiers are structured this way, that type of thing. It's very much modeled on like Cup of Jones if you're an Easy Allies fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, okay, we'll call it uh, Min Max Mondays. And then someone said, why don't you just call it Minfax? Like F-A-Q-S. I was like, okay, <laughs> right there. Can we use that? Okay, great. Yes, now exactly. it's officially called Minfax because you guys are way smarter than we could ever be. <laughs> That's great. I, You know, and it's funny you talk about the just getting feedback on the content that you create because i noticed that minmax is also putting out some uh, some shorter news brief videos like less than i want to say less than like four minutes long some of them yeah uh, and that i feel is usually something you only see with like larger sites like ign or gamespot who have a very large uh employee base to to churn out a lot of that um and so like if one if one doesn't get you know only gets like uh 
500 clicks, the other one might get, you know, 38,000 or something like that. You never saw, I don't feel like you saw much of that at Game Informer unless it was like a, uh, a rapid fire questions kind of video that it had a theme, right? But is that you testing the waters uh, or is this more of a decision made like based on past experience or is this just something that like you're letting the community kind of feel it out, you know? I think, um, well, I think it ties into a bunch of things and, and one of them was I was overwhelmed by the amount of support and love for Game Informer's content um, but in so many discussions with the community about what they want to see, what they like, it was rare. Like people love the podcast. They love long form videos. They want more Let's Plays. They want tabletop coverage, you know, and we're going to be doing all that. Um, but it was interesting that I didn't see what I think is my greatest skill, which is like editing. I didn't see many people asking for edited content and I mm. wanted some avenue for that and you know new style videos it's not exactly like cutting together a documentary which is you know much more fun and creative overall um, but it's a format that i've never really done that much of and plus i'm the only full-time person at minmax right now uh, so we're contracting out with surreal and jeffem um, and kyle and so i was worried about what do i do in those days or hours where it'll just be me by myself. Like, what can I 100% rely on regardless of anybody else's schedule? And it was like, oh, I can I can monologue and kind of comment on some news stories. But it's interesting you talk about how the big sites would do the kind of daily news stories. I think because of that, a lot of the comments that I've seen just on those few videos that I've done so far is there's a lot of people like, oh, this is actually insightful. Like you're doing more and giving context than we've seen from other news videos. because. I think a lot of those big sites, like you mentioned, it's just you got to get the numbers out there. You got to get those headlines out there and see what YouTube uh, deems in its good graces to pump it to the top of people's feeds. And maybe because of that, it's not as in-depth as it could be. And it's really exciting to take those news stories. You know, I think the first one was like, oh, Death Stranding coming to PC. And it's like, oh, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, and I hopefully have some context after so many years in the industry that you know, maybe the average person on YouTube wouldn't have. And so being able to pull from that or like the last one was about like, you know, shake up internally with PlayStation. Uh, and so it's like, oh, I know that I've I know mm -hmm. Shu a little bit. I visited plenty of PlayStation studios like I can I can talk about this, hopefully in a way that sheds a little more insight into my vantage into, you know, the video game industry in the modern era. I think a lot of uh, people on you know Facebook or Twitter perhaps yeah, look towards videos like that, the the all-encompassing quick hit videos as a way for telling their Facebook uh, friends, right, um, hey, the Witcher Netflix series is coming out uh, really soon. And like, yeah. if you hadn't been paying attention to all the news for the last like couple months, maybe there's a couple of details like the release date or cast or like the, the thematic content kind of stuff. And yeah, if you have yourself, you know, you, one, you get to, to show off your editing skills, perhaps a little more, told you there was Bella. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you get to show off some of your editing skills, which, you know, is your own fingerprint on a project. But you also get to um, uh, make the community member sharing that uh, say like, hey, this video goes a little further than this other dinky video that's like really, really just doing it for clicks. So yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think one of the reasons that we didn't do more news coverage in video form at Game Informer, which one of the reasons was, you know, our 
our news editors were out of the office. It was Mike Futter and then Imran Khan. I guess Jim Riley was there, you know, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was tough to be like, okay, what do we do? We Skype these people in or do I fly out and set them up with, you know, some easy to use video station so they can go into the news pod for a little bit. And so just, and then also are we committing to this? You know, is this going to be a daily thing? I don't think work hours wise, we could have pulled that off uh, during my era at Game Informer. And so I do worry a little bit about that now with MinMax is just like setting that standard. Um, but I still like having the option of, you know, if it's a if it's a slower day, I'm waiting for the other guys to come over to record some videos, like just being able to crank out something, some way of communicating with the audience. And, and hopefully a YouTube crowd will appreciate that it's a little bit more thorough than the average news hit. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the guys you've taken on uh, with you on this journey. Uh, Kyle Hilliard, Cyril Vasquez, uh, Jeff Marchiafava. Um, I, I got to imagine that like for Hilliard and maybe Fava, uh, something like this, even though they're, you know, just contract slash part time kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure they're I know Kyle's been like freelancing reviews at IGN. Uh, yeah, they, they've got families to consider. Um, Kyle has uh, at least one kid. And uh, I know Fava is married, right? But mm-hmm. what what sort of conversations when you're launching something like MinMax, where of course at the outset you're not entirely sure how this is going to go, uh, what kind of conversations did you have to have with those guys about you know stability and and income and uh, what was going to be expected of them and how you could help them and how they could help you and all that? Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost. I wanted to build MinMax in a way that was sustainable. Mm-hmm. And that's the tricky thing with Game Informer. It's like, okay, for making a Patreon, there's a lot of people uh, at Game Informer and there's a lot of writers at Game Informer. And so it's like, what would be the most sustainable structure for this? And so what we came up with is that idea that I'll be full-time as the video producer and then it's going to be a decentralized network. It is going to be spread out. We're going to contract with people to come in, create this content. Um, and so the discussions were, you know, going a couple times around the horn of just saying like, hey, please don't expect this Patreon to become, at least out of the gate, when we don't know any numbers for anything, like please don't bank on this. Like mm-hmm. please keep looking for freelance, keep looking for full-time jobs. The best case scenario for this thing is if it's a bunch of people that see this as the fun thing to do on the side where they feel adequately paid thanks to the generosity of the community, right? And so that's that's a tough message, I think, in some ways, because it's like, hey, we desperately need you, but the overall structure of this thing is that the ship won't sink without you. So it's a, it's a fine balancing act to communicate, and it's something that we talked about a little bit, it feels like eons ago, but I guess it was two weeks ago with the launch of MinMax is... You know, I don't want this to certainly be the Ben Hansen show. Uh, and I, I I don't think people should see it as the Hansen, Serial, Kyle, Jeffum show. Like, I want MinMax in its final form, if you're a Dragon Ball fan, is something <laughs> larger. It's, it's taking the best conversations about games, friends, and getting better from, you know, the Minnesota area, which is where we're based. And, and hopefully beyond that, through Skype and whatnot, radical technology called Skype. Um, to pull all those conversations down into a network about those topics. Um, And so trying to structure it in that most sustainable way, it's kind of a tricky conversation to have. And it's also a tricky thing, I think, to communicate because the community is 
really excited and they're rallying in a big way and sharing MinMax. And it's like, hey, I want to be clear with what this is. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying we're kicking Serial out tomorrow. Like, he is an incredibly important part of this crew. But eventually, they're going to be new voices and it's going to expand and we're going to add new shows. And there's going to be a lot of content that the four of us are not on. Um, and it's really exciting to me, though, to see hopefully where MinMax is going when it gets to its final form, where it almost becomes a community-funded, you know, Netflix, uh, if you will, of yeah. just <laughs> awesome content, where it's like, oh my gosh, we can just contract out with some amazing creators and amazing voices and varied voices, and then just rotate through. And it's like, hey, here's a great pitch for a show. If it's feasible for you to create it or for me to create it in the schedule, like, let's get it on the network. Let's just make this a really positive and broad community. It does feel like a like a smart decision to make this sort of almost contract based. Whether it's you know saying like, hey, can you do you want to do this for a couple months or do you want to do just do this like one project, right? Um, right. Because it, it is it is easy to think of. I think the more successful, well liked, you know, Patreon style uh, outlets like kind of funny, uh, 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 easy allies, easy allies. They. Um, there's personality there, but like if one or two of them left, it wouldn't necessarily be end game. It, it would suck like if, of course, like Greg Miller is uh, inarguably the biggest name behind Kind of Funny, and it would be very curious to see how that changed after. But I don't think it would go away because um, there's yeah. still a lot of personality in the rest of the crew there, and I imagine you know it's got to feel the same for MinMax, even though it's it's very much like your your personal your full time project. Uh, so yeah, I mean, do you think about we obviously when the uh, the YouTube uh, kind of funny Easy Allies boom happened, it we, we all started talking about like well it's it's personality based now like you get right. so you get one guy who like only covers Fortnite and like he has two million followers. What do you what do you think about personalities when you're um, uh, just looking to create something meaningful like MinMax? Yeah, there was a I think it was probably Resetera thread. There was something really <laughs> it was it was. It was a joke, maybe, maybe not, but it was something that stuck with me way too much. It, and somebody just said, the only reason to join a mainstream press outlet these days is to build up a following so that you can go launch your own thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is bizarre. And I guess, you know, us and launching MinMax is a little bit of an example of that. But you'd be surprised is that how, really where we're at? You'd be surprised how common I think that that sentiment is. I actually just had someone uh from another outlet that i won't name but yeah say it's it's kind of like college you do some of your best work at college and then you can go off and you know either create your own thing or maybe get a like dramatically more high-paying job at you know on the pr or like industry side uh yeah. and i think i think that's a mentality like if if it, talking my highfalutin dreams like you know i i would ideally like to be you know, editor in chief, you know, running a running a business like this, uh, but obviously a million and one things will change. I'll have relationships to consider, uh, so I, I don't begrudge anyone who looks at some of those things as stepping stones for sure. Yeah, I think I don't know why it feels gross to me, even though I guess it's my life. But I think I just am so allergic to the idea of ego, um, yeah. and it feels so wrapped up in that. You know, the idea of somebody coming to an outlet which is a one in a million shot of getting a job at a press outlet, as as you know, I, I can imagine. Um, 
and then getting in that spot and just only thinking like gotta build that brand like that attitude sucks and it the the part that tears me in half is the idea that that attitude sucks but it's right it's correct in some ways you know it, it feels so gross and petty to care about twitter followers to this extent but like it it really helps for your future yeah <laughs> and not to the point that you should be insincere and you know uh focus on taking 40 selfies a day or whatever makes you uncomfortable but i think just finding that audience that you connect to um you know it's it's now made my career a possibility moving into the future it's forward to this one of i mean i can't imagine a more uh, privileged position i guess is mm-hmm. the weird way to put it it's just such an honor to send out the flare and say hey we're going to try and create our own thing please fund it and consider consider it if, if you're interested in our content if you liked our content in the past and people to back it in such a big way i mean it just does not happen every day it feels like something really special and it's a lot of guilt involved. It's a lot of stress um, about just thinking about how best not to blow this. Like, yeah. let's make sure we're making the most out of this. How do we convert people's $5, $10 they're supporting us on Patreon into the most possible joy for them, right? That that seems to be the mission. I think a lot of this maybe applies to, to a, a large part of this, uh, the 1099's audience is people who are, either looking to be in or are already in uh, games media, perhaps in a, a mostly in a freelance sense. And I, it's funny, when I started working uh, more and more for IGN, I, I went up to Terry Schwartz, who's also been on the show uh, some episodes past, and I asked her, like, hey, I'm kind of stuck in the middle between, like, I want to work a lot more for IGN because it feels like a, a good fit for me and, I'm, and people have treated me right here. Uh, but I've got this other place that was also, like, really helped me get out the door with my full-time freelancing career uh and i i'm kind of i feel like i'm stringing them along and like i either need to uh, put up or shut up and and you know cut the cord and you know fully devote myself to only one or two things instead of three or four uh and she terry told me you know the the they wouldn't feel that bad about letting you go and that's a that's that's talking about a much more um uh, kind of cutthroat organization, Game Informer and hmm. IGN are not that for me. Uh, but I do think it highlights that when we talk about, you know, cutting ourselves off and like striking out or on our own, we don't have to cry over the company that we leave. Uh, we have to help the human company, <laughs> the humans at that company that we you know, uh, really want to cherish and hold on to, um, which is why, of course, I... I uh, made a little Facebook group for ex Game Informer interns. I'm part of yeah. freelancer groups, and it's it's not like always the most successful thing in the world. But like I, I I want to make sure that even if I get big or even if I never like go beyond freelance, people will still say like, hey, he that guy really helped me get where I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might be something with MinMaxes. Uh, you're able to help Kyle, Suriel, Jeffum, you know, get a get a really good step uh, towards whatever their next thing might be. And it's it's yeah, and it's such an educational process too. There's so many little questions, ideas to bounce off each other that I think yeah, I think we're all growing a ton with this opportunity. But hey, here's a word question for you. Sure. You talk about you know getting big, and, and when you eventually get big, why do you think you want to quote like get big? You know it, what what. 
it, it, it is what's going on there it is good good on you for pointing that out because i actually getting big is probably the wrong way to put it i i don't need to get big i don't need to be you know greg miller with three million followers on twitter and and people like yelling at me to like rip my shirt off at pax or something like that uh couldn't hurt it couldn't hurt i mean i've, I've been working out everybody it might it might turn out well for you <laughs> but infant adventure is a miracle but uh i i ultimately i ultimately just want to matter i want people to hmm. find my work and to have it matter i still to this day uh, I, I've said this ad nauseum, maybe not so much on this podcast, but elsewhere in my career. The proudest I think I've ever been of a piece was uh, for Waypoint slash Vice now. Um, shortly after the election, uh, I just noticed a lot more game developers you know, freaking out on Twitter of like, shit, what's going to happen to my, my health care uh, now that you know Trump is going to be president? And uh, noticed a couple people like getting really serious, like, Hey, I have, I have cancer or like, I have to, I have these expensive drugs or else I'm going to like, you know, die in a year or something. And I pitched that super quickly. Like, you know, what the, what is the game industry's current temperature on healthcare? And like, what are people worried about right now? Pitch that to Austin Walker over there. I banged that shit out in a week, just like going mm-hmm. so hard. That's the fastest I've ever like written a feature. And like, it, and it didn't suffer for that timeline. Um, and of course there's the, the petty, uh, adulation you get, you know, Patrick Klepek saying like, Hey, nice job, man. And I'm just like, Whoa, I, hey, that's I, awesome. I, I read, I, I've been reading you since I was in like high school. This is crazy that you just said good job, totally. to but also I still get giddy about that. Yeah. Uh, but also make like the people that I talked to, you know, like having a, a woman, uh, game developer uh, cry on the phone to me, kind of explaining her dire situation uh, and how she's afraid that if her healthcare gets taken away, she she will literally die in like a couple years because she can't afford her very expensive stuff. Uh, that and telling their story and showing the world like, hey, this matters. That that ultimately, even if my career didn't go any further quote unquote further than that i would still die very happy knowing that i made a difference uh with something like that yeah yeah putting a dent in the universe as steve jobs would say right (laughs) oh steve jobs Uh, (laughs) oh that guy that guy well tell you what man uh well what what is i suppose you you sort of maybe already answered the question with getting better, but yeah. is that kind of is that kind of with uh, is that kind of where you set your sights on as far as um, like how you are reaching for the stars? You want you want a platform to get better, or is there something beyond that too? I think so. I think you know again just looking at what the themes are for the thousands of notes that are written down and stuff, and it is it is that idea of kind of getting outside more, you know, and not just running around the block, but uh, putting down the controller every once in a while. No, it's tough because like we still love games. We don't want to be like that. Oh, games are, are, <laughs> are you know for kids attitude. Um, we still want to celebrate games, but at the same time, it's like you know, uh, it is so incredibly rewarding every year when we do Game Informers Extra Life stream and raise thousands for charity. It's like you know, why don't we combine some you know community meetups for people that are really into video games while doing some volunteer effort? You know, let's just get out there a little bit more, interact with the real world a little bit more, uh, dare I say, gamify the real world a little bit more, uh, yeah. and just try and merge with 
um, some, some, some folks outside that might not expect it, right? And so just trying to expand the horizons a little bit beyond just, you know, gaming in front of your TV. And I know this sounds very broad and, and hokey, but hopefully a year from now, uh, we'll have some really good examples from MinMax content of, oh, I see, this is, this is peak MinMax. Like, I feel like we are, we are <laughs> just starting to crawl out of the gates and thanks to the community's amazing you know, generosity so far, it's like, okay, now we have the fuel to sprint. Um, and we just need to lace up our shoes and start sprinting. And so I think it's gonna be a really exciting year ahead for MinMax for sure. Well, I am really excited for you, Hanson. And uh, tell you what, we'll leave off with uh, a more fun question. You you sort of touched on it just a second ago, but yeah, how was it returning briefly to the Game Informer offices for Extra Life? Uh, I, I still have very fond memories of my uh, one attendance back in 2015 and mm. uh, surviving off of Doritos for 24 <laughs> hours, uh, creating the worst drawful uh, image of my life. But <laughs> uh, I, I botched, uh, I botched um, uh, Jeng- Boba Fett. I, I was trying to draw <laughs> Boba Fett and oh, I think yeah. I was doing the helmet. And then I think someone, I don't, I don't know who it was, was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I gotta go back to that archive. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. But how how was it going back this year and uh, helping out uh, the video team there? It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And like uh, the timing of when I left, I was not ideal, obviously, for Leo Vader, who's uh, the video producer over at Game Informer now. Um, but he did just an amazing job uh, getting set up. And so for you know, I left, and then it was about a week until Extra Life. So. You know, I would go back to Game Informer and help out, uh, you know, staying late, getting those bundles all ready to go. And so in a way, it felt like I wasn't done with Game Informer until the mm-hmm. Extra Life. So I couldn't have asked oh, for boy. a better way to, to send the whole career off over there because just spending that much time with those editors. We auctioned off Andy McNamara's T-shirt collection from his entire mm-hmm. run in the game industry. And it's just like, it's as good as it gets if you're a dork because it's going through Andy's t-shirts. He had hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts and you just pull these out and it's like, oh, here's a launch t-shirt for Colony Wars on PlayStation 1. It's just like, what the hell? Then you open the next one. Here's a Blasto t-shirt. Oh, here's a, let's see, Super (laughs) Effects uh, chip shirt. It's like, what? Andy, this does not exist anywhere. He had a shirt from the review event where he was on a train going across the United States for Link's Awakening, the original Link's Awakening, which is confusing because it was a review event on a train and it was not for spirit tracks. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) I don't know what's going on there, but so it was just like this beautiful trip down memory lane for the entire video game industry throughout the 25 hours. And then we ended up raising over 60,000 or $67,000 for Gillette children, especially healthcare in St. Paul, Minnesota here. And so yeah, I couldn't have asked for a sweeter way to go out. Like it was, it was a little bit tough in that last stretch after our heads were shaved and people had been pied. Uh, Leo Vader ate bugs out of Ben Reeves's hair. Debauchery occurred, all in the name of charity. And then just to say goodbye and thank everybody, uh, but then realizing like, oh, this is me saying goodbye to Game Informer too. <laughs> like this is really hard. Yeah, but uh, it's the, it's the feel good event of the year, and I, I really hope we get to do it next year too. Well, uh, maybe one of these days, I I fell in love with Minneapolis. 
when I lived out there. Uh, I, I really wanted to stay, but the cards weren't uh, aligned. Maybe one of these days I'll get to go back there. And uh, is that is that comedy club still down the, like, 100 yards down the road? Acme. Acme, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to go back yep. there, too. Uh, I'll come down for next year's uh, Extra Life, and it'll be a good time. And, you know, yeah, Hanson... Uh, get your five minutes ready. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like uh, I'll be like Ben. <laughs> Get, I, I will not hold a candle to Ben's comedy though. Uh, Did you go to Ben Reeves' stand-up show? No, but I think I saw a video. Oh, okay. Of it, uh, yeah, later. I did secretly film it, which Acme doesn't allow. Oh, but uh, that was a hoot. Sneaky. All right, Ben Hansen. Where can people <laughs> find Min Max on ye ol' internet? Oh my gosh. All right. So it's unified. So it's the Patreon is patreon.com slash minmax2ns. And then over all social channels, it is minmaxgames. Also two ends there. So yeah, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, all that fun stuff. So we have a weekly rollout of content. You can go to the official site, which is minmax.com, two ends, to to find the schedule for, for what we're pumping out. And please... Please look forward to a lot of content in the future. Some is exclusive to uh, backers, um, but there's going to be a lot of public stuff as well. So hopefully we can convince you to to help support it and we can have some fun. And ladies and gentlemen, you can find a new episode of the 1099 uh, almost every Monday here on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and your other favorite podcast feeds. The train of Game Informer family will continue next week with Elise Fabus, <laughs> now at her new post at The Washington Post and their new gaming vertical launcher. Love you all. Stay warm and see you next time. Thank you.